This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. I'm, as always, joined by my trusty sidekick, Ramon. How are you, Ramon? I'm enjoying this weather today. Yeah, it's beautiful. We have uh, clouds in the sky. We had rain falling out of the sky last night, which we haven't seen in, what, three decades or something like that? What would be bad weather for most people is exciting mm-hmm. for it's us. It's what we want. Yes. That's right. Now, you were, you were untangling a wire mess. What was that? What were you, th- what this were you doing? This is my uh, $4 headphone. We spare no expense bucks. at the Fearless Agent Podcast. $4, yes. It's like Army Surplus Eastern European. I think it's for the uh, iPhone Zero, actually. Right. I just, but it plugs in here and it So we go fine. to thrift stores and we try to get a good deal. That's why the audio quality is so fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, we have – oh, we got to do the headlines of the day. For those do of we you really? who don't know – yeah, we do. We have to we have to. <laughs> Contractually, do we I have to. I hate to admit it, but we have to do it. Well, let's give it a little, little sound effect too, All why right. don't we? Now, usually we have the headlines printed on actual paper, you know, but today, th- this is just an observation. Oh, okay. I, I, at my Whole food store – they have a full bar in it. Wow. Have you noticed that? No. So I don't drink, but I do recommend to you that you go to that bar first because you're going to need a good buzz to pay those prices. Mm, That's all I have. <laughs> oh, hold on. Now, see, now that made it funny. It, but the thing is, it, it wasn't funny it's until not you did a the joke. Sound. I don't know why that is. It's not a joke when you go to the cashier, that's for sure. Uh, okay, so we have been talking about prospecting for listings and stuff like that. So, uh, to continue on that theme, so we've talked about what to say to generate referrals. Uh, we've talked about the value proposition, what you say to get them excited about you being their realtor, not just a realtor, but selling the outcome. Now, a lot of people that I coach, you folks use a uh, platform for dialing numbers, leaving messages, that kind of thing. And one of them that – the one I recommend is Mojo. They should be a sponsor, don't you think? I just like saying that. We need to hit these people up for money. Yeah. We're plugging them all the time. So Mojo, I would say – Almost 100% of my coaching students use use the platform called Mojo. You can find out about them at mojocells.com. And uh, so I'm going to just talk a little bit about how to set that up. So there's uh, three parts, I guess I would say, to that. So you've got uh, one is you buy data from them. So you can buy for sale by owner leads in some markets. You can buy expired leads in some markets. You can buy the uh, neighborhood names, addresses, phone numbers to call in some markets. Um, What else? They have for rent by owner leads. I don't recommend that only because I've never heard anybody rave about the results they have, and I am kind of the complaint department of real estate, so I know what 
people don't like. So Mojo certainly is the platform that I hear the least complaints about. So I do recommend that. So so if you want to just draw something on a piece of paper, draw a large circle on a piece of paper that almost encompasses both sides of the 8.5 by 11 piece of paper, if that's what you're using. And I can confirm that you actually have I actually have 8.5. We measure this every mm-hmm. every day before the show. Mm-hmm. We don't want to give out bad information. That's 8.5 nope. by 11 yellow ruled legal pad, I like to call it. Very nice. Yeah, letter pad, I guess it would be legal. This yeah. is illegal. It's too short. So um, we have the big list, and uh, that is going to be the data that you buy for neighborhoods to call through. And then you're going to have a smaller, much smaller list, and we'll call that my database. So draw a little circle the size of a quarter maybe. And then um, – then you'll have lead store stuff. That would be FISBOs, expired leads, um, any other types of leads that you buy. And I don't, really don't recommend buying other leads other than that. And they're not leads. They're just – it's just data. So uh, our job is every day when we – by the way, you could also get a list from a title company if you weren't using Mojo. Uh, another resource is coalinformation.com, C-O-L-E, information.com. They can sell you phone numbers uh, and mojocells.com. So, so Mojo Sells is kind of a one-stop shopping extravaganza. It will provide you with a CRM, uh, the database itself where you can track your your folks. You can get the leads for most markets from them. If not, then you as a backup can have coal information and there are some others but I would try to stick with those two to begin with. And then uh, – so you've got your database. Uh, you've got the, the three-line dialer. Uh, if your town is over, let's say, a uh, couple hundred thousand people, I would recommend a three-line dialer. And then what you want to do is uh, go to the neighborhood search function and then get all these leads uh, data to put into this gi- – and merge them into one giant list. So I think the way it's set up is you can search you know, so many thousand uh, homes at a time, uh, data points at a time. and then But I would merge those into one giant list so you're not calling through this little list and then this little list and that. Just merge them all into one one big list. And there is a way to do that, I happen to know. And Mojo can help you with that. So when I, back in the, uh, you know, when I started with a company called Century 19, this is in the dark ages, you know. That almost deserves a boom boom. Thank you. So I decide I'm going to call and I would make copies, photocopies out of the coal directory, which is now electronic. I'm sorry. What did you say? Photocopies? Photocopies. They used to have these copy machines. Uh, Ever heard of that? I, I do mm-hmm. vaguely recall those. You, you, you know what scanning is, where you take a piece of paper, paper, you, you flatten it out, and then you lay it on this glass thing, and then it goes, and then would make a. How did you survive back then? Well, it wasn't easy. I bet it wasn't. And there were no TV dinners that didn't have peas, because kids hate peas. I think it was just torture. I don't know what it is. So, um, 
So we would photocopy and then we call down the list, you know. So it would have the street names and the addresses and I'd call down the list using my finger to dial each number individually. Okay, so that's how I did it. So uh, by doing that, which was an activity that no one else in my office did, uh, I was able to end up being the top producing team of any size for Century 21 in the whole state of Arizona. So you have an advantage if you have mojo. Um, and and they did have mojo then. I didn't know about that, though. So I would have used it. But I would call in order of assessor number. So I physically typed into my database that I created with a um, uh, program, database program, not a spreadsheet, an actual database program. And it was sortable, findable, omittable, you know, all that kind of alpha, alphabetizable, all that. But I put it in order of assessor number. So the tax ID number is the order with which I would, I would call and then I would end up uh, logically calling down one side of the street, up the other, down the other and just did that in this order through what I called my farm area. And there were about 5,000 uh, records, which doesn't seem like a lot, but more people had l- listed phone numbers back in those days, and I had to type them in by hand. So there was no cutting and pasting back in the old days. So I had typed in the names, address, you know, uh, zip codes, phone numbers, tax ID number, and then I would call in that order. So uh, and then I would loop through it and start over again, loop through it and start over again. So that's what I recommend you do. So you, if you can, get about a hundred or 200,000 names and phone numbers of single-family homeowners. If you're in Manhattan, don't call me. There are no single-family homes. Um, single-family homeowners because they're going to have the most equity, much more than condos or, or you know, multifamily or any of that junk. So single-family homeowners with equity and you're going to want to radiate out from the center of the town but avoiding the hood part of the town. So in Phoenix, um, Generally speaking, the hood would be on the west side and the south side mostly, and there are some perfectly wonderful areas there too. But generally, the north and the east tends to be the non-hoodish areas. They go up in value faster. And the farther you get from the center of town, the less equity there's going to be, the newer the neighborhoods are. So you want to focus on older people. Older people have equity and millennials are broke. So that the if your seller is 40, they probably don't have any equity. If they're under that, they certainly don't. Uh, people tend not to have equity until you get up, up in age. And by equity, I mean their house needs to have doubled in value. And you have less problems when they have a lot of equity. So when I was new, uh, in real estate and not really knowing what I was doing except I did cold call, um, agents would come to me. So I have a – I pick my farm area the way everybody does and uh, I chose the area that I lived in. So the area that I lived in luckily and accidentally was built in 1958. So it's 1984 when I get into real estate, all those neighborhoods 
have been paid off because the loans were 30 years old. And most of the sellers that I dealt with were older and they had either 100 percent equity or mostly a whole lot of equity. And of course, some people had bought the homes and they're young and they have kids with tricycles, but there was very little of that. So I never really thought about that. So then um, agents would come to me and they'd say, Bob, I cannot get people to price their listings right. And I would say, you know, it's funny. I never have that problem. I have problems, but that is a problem I never have. And they'd say, gee, I can't ever get people to pay me a full commission. And I effortlessly was able to, when everybody else was charging six and five and four, I was able to charge seven. And I'd say, well, I never have that problem. Now, again, I have all kinds of other problems, but I didn't have that problem. So if I can eliminate the you know, not having a problem charging full commission and not having a problem getting people to price it right. I, I would look at these agents. I go, why is it that I'm able to do that and they are not able to do that? Well, it's because they lived in a neighborhood that was built in 1980. I lived in an older part of town. They lived in a newer part of town. So the part of – and when I was new, the the prices had been going down uh, you know, we were coming off a of Jimmy Carter, and it was a economic disaster, and the prices had gone down for probably ten years. So uh, people were getting less and less equity. So there was no, you know, they had to pay the loan off to get equity, really. So uh, I never really thought about it until one day it occurred to me: I'm living in a sea of equity, and that solves the problems that other agents are driven out of the business. They fail because I, of the problems I didn't have, and it was accidental. It's not like I had great wisdom. I say, oh, I'm going to focus on where the equity is. Now I teach that, but it was accidental. So you can do it on purpose. So if you live in a neighborhood that's built after, uh, certainly after 2004, you don't have to wonder if the neighborhood has equity. It doesn't. It hasn't doubled in value probably. So go – if you're choosing a neighborhood now, don't choose the area you live in. It might be OK, but it might not be. If it's not equity-wise, if there's not a bunch of old – if there's tricycles and, and kids everywhere, there's no equity. So you're looking for old people with lots of equity. You get paid out of the equity. Did you know I'm coming out with a new cologne? Is that right? Yeah, it's called equity. Ooh, I like it. it smells a little like Ben Gay and mothballs. You know how old people smell? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, you do. You yes, certainly I do. do. Unpleasant. By the way, I, I went out to dinner last night. Speaking of equity, uh, Los Dos Molinos. Have you eaten there? No. The hottest Mexican food. This is inside baseball. These people don't live in Arizona. They don't. <laughs> the hottest Mexican food on planet Earth. Really? Very gourmet, though. It's not hot for the sake of hot. But no. It was, it, you, you literally get sweaty. When now, when I think of gourmet food, I think of really big plates and little tiny portions. Is this correct? No. Okay. Not at this place. Fair enough. The portions are, are – they have a warning on the menu that the food is so hot. It says if you order – it says all our food is spicy and mm -hmm. hot. So if you order something – 
you have to pay for it. No, no complaints. <laughs> you can complain. We're just not giving your money back. You can't order something else. But it was super hot. And I don't know why that popped into my head, but it's true. But it is in an area where there's tons of equity. It's about uh, – it's down Camelback Road here at about 10th Street. I highly recommend it. Another shameless plug. They should be a sponsor, don't They're you just think? down the street. You can yeah. stop by and say hi. So get yourself some equity and you do that by focusing on the good side of town, not the hood side of town. And then the closer to downtown, the more equity there's going to be. So if it's older than – so if you're living in a neighborhood, let's say you happen to live in a neighborhood where all the neighborhoods are built in the – later 2000s, whatever direction from that neighborhood you would have to drive to go downtown, that's where you want to go. That's where you want to call. That's where you're not going to have problems with pricing and commissions and and all that kind of stuff. So you've got this big list. You create that uh, through those people. And by the way, the stuff that we talk about on the Fearless Agent podcast, if any of it ever makes sense to you. God knows it probably won't. But if it does, common sense stuff and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you are open to the idea of having some help with that, if you would like to learn more, you can call me anytime right on my cell phone at 480-385-8810. And we'll just see if you and what you're trying to do in your real estate career and what we do here at Fearless Agent, if it would be a good fit. If it is, you will get rich. If it's not, we'll just admit that to each other. And I'm still happy to help you in any other way I can. You can also visit fearlessagent.com. We have a webinar there. It's about 45 minutes. Uh, Take lots of notes. You can go to my speaking page. There's another video there that's an excerpt out of a two-day Fearless Agent event that we do for real estate company owners. Um, But those free videos would be much better coaching uh, than you would pay any other coach any amount of money for. That's my guarantee. And if you ever have a question, you can always call me because we want to help you no matter what. So if you are a real estate company owner and you happen to be recruiting fewer producing agents than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help with that, we do that also, Coaching, recruiting coaching for real estate company owners who want to get rich. And uh, and again, you can call me anytime, 480-385-8810. So now when you have filled up your big list uh, with, let's say, 200,000 names and phone numbers, then you have a smaller list that we're going to call your database, okay? Now, people get into that by being a friend, a relative, a family member who could refer, you know, you like your Christmas list or something. Um, so if you are uh, everybody you know that you like, they trust you. You're gonna, you know, hit them up for referrals, not in an annoying way, but the way we talked about it last. And then anybody you do business with would be in there, uh, like your plumber and your air conditioning person. So this is your resource uh, for all those people and you'll ask them for referrals. And then anybody who is in the big list that says, yes, I am thinking about selling my house and in fact that is going to happen guaranteed in less than two years, that would get them into my database, okay? Uh, 
So I don't take people out of the big list unless they say, hey, Bob, uh, I hate it when realtors call me. Don't ever call me again. Um, if they are – like if they had an accent that I couldn't understand them and I don't happen to speak their language, that would keep me from calling them back because that, that would probably be pointless. Uh, if the, So if they're mean, if they're crazy um, – Anything like that, that would maybe take them out of the big list. Now, who does not get taken out of the big list or or like flagged with a little do not call these people again? Uh, the people who say, no, I'm never selling my house. You'll have to haul me out of here feet first. That's the only way I'm going. I will live here for the rest of my life. They would stay in the list. So when they say, no, I'm never selling my house, first of all, I know that's not true. They will sell their house or they will die feet first, go out the door, and their heirs will call me. So um, I am going to keep calling them every time I loop through that list. So the only way they get out of the list is by saying yes. Then they go into my much smaller database. Each person in the database has a date on which I have decided I will call them back. So they say, oh, for sure I'm selling in less than two years, but I'm not going to do anything this year. I'd say, okay, when should I check back with you? They go, oh, you can, you can call me whenever you want. Well, I'm going to make a decision about when I'm going to call them back. But if they've said yes and it's going to be less than two years, it's going to take me probably five conversations with them before they realize it's me and not just another agent. So I'm going to call them back in three months. So I'll put that – I'll go ahead with today's date, three months in the future. I'll have Mojo remind me to call that person back on that date. And then each time I call them, I'm going to say uh, – I'm either going to book an appointment because it's time or I'm going to say, when when should I check back with you? Whatever. Let's say they say, oh, call me back in four months. I'm going to cut that in half and do it in two. If they say, call me in six months, I'm going to cut that in half and call them in three. If they say, call me in a year, I'm going to not cut that in half. I'm going to call them in three months. So three months, every three months, once somebody is a prospect, somebody who said, yes, I am selling, that for sure is happening. Uh, who does not get in the database when I call them? The person says, well, yeah, I'll sell my house someday. Well, that's a no. Uh, the person who says, uh, yeah, I've thought about it. Uh, y y if I win the lottery, uh, that's a no. Uh, they say, uh, yeah, someday we'll probably sell. That's a no. So they stay in the big list. They don't get it in my database until, they, until I've ascertained that in less than two years uh, they, they are going to be selling. Now, uh, and again, everybody in the, the database, including the people I'm going to call and ask for referrals, they have a date on which Mojo will remind me. That's a date I chose for Mojo to remind me to call them. And I'm either going to call them and ask for a referral or I'm going to re-cold call them, follow up cold call them. And then the third part is the lead store, I guess they call it, I think, in Mojo. Um, and again, I have not used Mojo, but my clients tell me about it. So the lead store is where you would buy FISBO leads, expired leads, something like that. Now, do they go in my database? No, they do not. I will not be following up with a for sale by owner. So I call the for sale by owner. I, 
I say the for sale by owner message. If they don't answer, I'm giving them the, the fearless agent for sale by owner message. If they don't call me, they are dead to me. I'm never going to follow up with them. I've got too many other things to do that are going to make me right now money. Uh, if they say they they answer the phone, I'm going to do the fearless agent for sale by owner dialogue with them. Uh, if I don't book the appointment right then, I am not going to follow up with them. I'm going to step over their carcass and get on with my life and get back to where the money, the right now money is. Same with expireds and canceled. So it's a one dial thing. The people who follow up, follow up, follow up with FISBOs and expireds don't make the big bucks. And most of the uh, bucks that they do make comes from booking an appointment on that very first dial of the phone. So they don't get into my database because the database is about follow-up. They're only going to get into it once I have booked an appointment. So once I booked an appointment with a for sale by owner or a um, expired or canceled, then they would make it into my database and never ever would they ever get in there any other way. So if you if you manage your your mojo set up that way, I think you're going to have a much easier time. So the main thing, most of the money you will make, you know, when you're brand new in real estate, most of the money you make is probably going to come from uh, uh, for sale by owners, you know, calling your sphere. Uh, most of the money you make is going to come from follow f- your sphere and FISBOs and expireds and cold calls and follow-ups from, from previous cold calls, open houses. Uh, when you've been doing it a number of years, most of the money that you're going to make is going to come from that follow-up with the in, in your sphere. So the sphere and the follow-up will become a bigger money generator and then you'll have less time for the cold calls and uh, and the FISBOs and the the expireds are kind of always the same, but they will be a lesser uh, lesser of lesser importance to you and your and your money making. So uh, once again, I want to thank all of you for joining us today. Again, if you are a real estate company owner and you happen to be recruiting fewer producing agents than you wish you were, please call me at 480-385-8810. If you would like to have an event just for your company, an actual two-day fearless agent event, one-day fearless agent event, half-day, we can do all of that for you. And uh, that will dramatically increase the production of your agents. And then if you're an agent and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, you can call me anytime, 480-385-8810. You can go to fearlessagent.com. And until next week, you do what we always do. Me and Ramon, we always have fun. We always have fun, don't we? We do. And uh, we're always humble. And for good reason. (laughs) But most of all, gang, be fearless. Thanks. Thanks.